Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. I can't be that loud tonight because I'm in my kitchen in my house. Uh, this is the Preferred Lines podcast. That's Joe Idoni. We typically do this each Monday live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, it is hot here. I'm in Minnesota, and uh, therefore, I cannot be in my steamy hot garage. So, broadcasting from my kitchen. Joe. What's good? Let's give some shout-outs, because we got some shout-outs to give. And Luke sweated out. He was hitting on Cantlay. He's an awesome guy. We like him. We like Stewie won bigly last week. We got – who's in the chat? We got some guys in the chat, as always. We got Jesse. Uh, here's always – who else we got? Charlie, you know, big fan of Charlie R. Slappy sometimes. Chris Hollander, always bugging me. Uh, that person, I'm going to give a shout-out to the person that bought my brother's house over the weekend. Happy for that. Shouts. And the, yep. Shouts. And then uh, Chris Durrell, Jagerbombs9, great guy. Last but not least, Jock Market, our friends over at the Jock Market. It's a fun app. It's a great app. You can sign up and match your $20 deposit with another $20 using the promo code PL20. Uh, you know what, Joe? I had five dudes in my portfolio last week. Yeah. How'd you do? Guess what? Well, four out of the five were god-awful. And but, guess what? I even bought, stupidly, Finau shares at one point for like $9. So I lost money doing that. But, Joe, I made a small profit thanks to our guy, Patrick Cantley. Somehow I was on him because nobody on the jock market was buying him. So I ended up with some shares of Patrick Cantley, and that kind of saved my entire week. So you can do that. You can have almost all bad names in your portfolio and still break even. Good. I almost sort of kind of did the same thing. I had a bunch of a slew of guys who missed the cut. Uh, and then I had Shane Lowry and Max Homa, both pretty cheap, both finished T6. So uh, like broke even. Yeah. Good week. Yeah. Um, Jack Market deposit match. If you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for? Try it. It is the revolutionary app taking the sports gambling and DFS world by storm. Uh, good fun, good friends over there. We support them. They support us. Uh, and Patrick Cantlay, man, how about it? Like stones, Cantlay stones, like big Dude, time, awesome. nuts swinging from Patrick Cantlay. Um, he has got it like an intensity factor that I love. Like I, when that thing went to a playoff, it, for me, it was like, I know it's not because it was close and it came down to one shot, but it felt like it was over. It was like, this is Cantley. Like he's not going to lose this, mm -hmm. um, but good battle down the stretch. Obviously we had the Rob situation. We don't want to get too dive too much into that before we get people with hot takes on turn into a vaccination debate or something. <laughs> we don't want to go down that road today, but fun no. tournament. Uh, and this week we have an interesting tournament before the U S open, right? Right. Dude, uh, I would like to remind you guys to follow us on Twitter at Preferred Lines, like and subscribe, rate and review, and do all those things. And uh, should we get right to it? Because, you know, there's not much. We can debate and talk about Rom, and maybe we can talk about the controversy that is Bryson and uh, Brooksy. We can do that at the end. So let's just get to the betting board for the okay. Palmetto <laughs> Championship. Joe, uh, 
you know what? I had a very busy day. I was, uh, you know, I'm not really um, hashtag expert. I am. Um, <laughs> so you, I don't know. Have you paid any attention to what's going on this week? Do you know where we are? Like this is called yeah. the Congaree course. It's in South Carolina. This is now replacing the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, are we going to have to dust off that tweet of South Carolina natives and look for those names? Yeah, I don't know if it's a natives week just because. Okay, okay so this course is new. Uh, I think it's three years old. So okay. even if you were a South Carolina native, Dustin Johnson, for instance, how many times has he played here in the midst of living in Florida and having a family and being a professional on the PGA Tour? Like maybe he's been here before, maybe not. Even the South Carolina natives, you know, there's some Clemson guys which are nearby, Redmond and Glover and these guys. Um, I'm not putting much stock in that. You know, I talked a little bit um, – I was talking earlier today with Stephen Hennessy over at Golf Digest. He put out an incredible thread on Twitter. He got the chance to play this course twice a couple of weeks ago. Um, great thread. I encourage you all to read it. But firm, fast, long. Uh, but it's not going to play that long because the way that it was kind of designed, and it's a, it's a Tom Fazio design. So if you've ever played a Fazio, they are unique courses. They are crazy undulating greens. Mm. Um, they're my favorite golf courses to play personally. Mm. But he said it's going to come down to around the green game. Like everything is just so firm and it drains so well that even with the rain, I think it's going to continue to play that way. So you're going to have to have a ton of touch around the greens. You're going to have to avoid three putting. You're going to have to be very creative uh, in a sense on your approach shots. So um, yeah, another week, I think it's just like, it's, it's in a weird spot because, you know, it took over kind of on late notice for the Canadian open. Um, mm -hmm. The Canadian Open was always kind of a, a decent little prep for guys heading into the U.S. Open. So they would set it up, you know, as, as similarly as you, as you could, I suppose. Uh, but with that said, this is totally different than what we're going to see, what, 10 days from now at Torrey Pines. So it's weird, right? There's a lot of guys with some motivation. There's a lot of guys with little motivation. We're having guys withdraw up to the minute. People are trying to in qualifiers today. So it's just a weird spot on the schedule in a weird event. Okay. Well, then it's fun to dissect these weird events, but typically uh, you might just want to wait and save your money for next week. With that said, it doesn't mean that we can't you know crack up beer and crack <laughs> open that betting board because that's what we love to do on the Preferred Lines podcast, where we'll be on iTunes later. And we are on YouTube now showing the screen, and we use the DraftKings Sportsbook. It is green and black, uh, and it is showing Dustin Johnson. He is 7.75 to 1, plus 7.75 for Dustin Johnson. Joe, uh do we have concerns about DJ? Because I'm not sure if this feels like value or not. The field's so weak, but we have not the greatest clue about DJ's game. And uh, the week before a major, do you have concerns? These guys are not focused and they're ready to go on, an, on the PJ, as you like to say? Yeah, I think DJ and Brooks, I think it's going to – it, look, there's still a lot of money on the line. It's still a PGA mm -hmm. Tour event. They still want to want to win. But it's all going to come down to, I think, how they start. So if they start well and they get a couple under par and they see themselves in the thick and they see a million dollars plus, they're going to go hunting for it. Um, if not, then they'd be happy to catch an early flight. 
uh, over down to La Jolla and get some prep in for the U.S. Open like most of their competitors are doing. That said, uh, DJ, not in great form. Brooks, Mm -hmm. we know, doesn't play great in his first event off a layover. He did this Mm -hmm. before the PGA. I didn't bet him at the Byron Nelson, and then I did bet him at the PGA. And we always talk about this. Like, that's that's what you do with Brooks. That's what you have to do. He missed the cut. He played terrible there. He came back the next week, played great at a major. I can see a very similar situation playing out here. Although I do like, I, I like looking at uh, the tournament, the workday tournament earlier this year in the cons- at the workday championship at the concession or whatever the weird name. Okay, was in the Florida one, one yeah. in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooks kind of came in with not you know, much expectations and finished third in that event, which was the highest clearly of anyone in the field. I think that he should probably be the favorite here. Should he feel like bringing his a game uh, to, up to South Carolina? So mm-hmm. I'm not going to bet either one of them. I don't think you are either. I think we can just move straight to probably the twenties, right? Yeah. Cause you know, I'm just afraid that there's a lot of things on Brooks's mind lately going on in his life. Uh, I don't know. You know, Brooks is probably the one of those guys that the distractions don't bother him as much as other players on tour. And he actually encourages those distractions and gets him motivated. But I feel like this is the type of time where he can take all of what he's done over the last 10 days in the media and all this random BS he's had going on since the PJ championship. And he can take all of that and he can kind of dump it in the next couple days here or, you know, the next Thursday, Friday, this, and then he can dip. And then by the time he shows up at the U.S. Open, he kind of turned the page and has a little bit of a fresh start. So I feel like he's excited to scrub a little bit of his <laughs> image and move a little bit away from that, what was going on, and take advantage of this dumb tournament, show up here, answer some questions, and say, hey, listen, this is my time to just fake it and make it. And then next week is when he becomes Major Brooks again. So. Yeah. Nine, and, nine to one, though. That's not, I'm not into that. And, you know, no. I'm not even sure I'm into any of these names under 20 to one. You've got names here. you got my guy, too, the Sung J baby boys here. Do you have interest in this Tyrrell Hatton Fitzpatrick M? Yeah, um, I have some interest in Fitzpatrick and okay. M. I haven't no. made, it's still kind of early in the week. I haven't made mm-hmm. a decision one way or the other as okay. of yet. But I think I'm leaning Sung J.M. Um, you know, Stephen did a, a, a good deep dive into this and how the idea uh, and the inspiration was the course for the course was really Sandbelt Australian courses in particular. Uh, the one that Alistair McKenzie built down there that was Royal Melbourne, which is where they played the President's Cup. Sung J was freaking awesome there. Um, any place that really rewards your short game and has kind of a little bit wider fairways, I like him. I feel like the game is trending in the correct direction, although the stats don't necessarily bear that out. So maybe that's just an eyeball test for me, and it's not really um, it's not really showing up. So maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on that. That said, I think of those three guys, basically M, Fitzpatrick, and Fleetwood are the three that I'm sort of looking at. I think Sungjae has the most motivation to really get right here. Um and I just like the number. I I, I I feel like I'm really leaning that way unless someone really can kind of point to some reasons to put me on Matty Fitz. So you didn't – you haven't pulled the trigger on anyone? Not yet. Not in this yeah. range, no. So I, I immediately opened it up and I was like, okay, I got to do this Sungjae. I found a 20. So I yeah. got a Sungjae at 20. Yeah, so I mean – 
I thought, yeah, that's just a fair number. And so therefore I went with that. And now I had my house on Fitzpatrick a couple weeks ago. I've been ready for Fitzpatrick. You've seen the finishes for Fitzpatrick. We've seen him on the Euro tour, take a trophy and hold it up. We need to see that on the PGA tour. I think it's coming. He definitely knows this too. And he knows that if there are weak fields where he comes in as one of the betting favorites as one of the top guys, he needs to actually seal the deal and show it. Because we're getting to a point with this baby-faced kid that he's no longer young anymore. Matthew Fitzpatrick is getting into his late 20s. And we're then going to have to decide, is this who he is? Is he just another Fleetwood from the Euro Tour that can do it there but can't do it here? So I think that these dudes right there, Fitzpatrick and Fleetwood, have this in their heads. Every time I show up at a weak field event that I have the ability to take down, let's take advantage. So, uh Maybe bet all three of those guys right there and just call it your card. I mean, this thing falls off exponentially after <laughs> those guys. Like it yeah. is a cliff. Um, Alex Noren, I believe, is no longer in the event. Um, okay, cool. and then you're all the way down to like English Poulter Glover type guys. So, so they don't have nearly the win equity that I see in those three guys. So, um, you make a valid point that maybe you do just bet them all. However. You know, it, it's week before a major. Let's save a little bit in the bankroll. Let's look into some futures. Pick one, I think, and go with it. Um, unless you're really committed to a take on either Dustin or Brooks, right up there up high. But but that's not I me. Mean, did you see Brooks last night at the uh, at the Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul fight, looking like Don Johnson? No, I didn't see him. He was there though. Uh, yeah, you got to check it out. You got to stay hip with Brooks' Instagram, man. He puts out some good stuff on there. Him and Jenna went to the. We're at the Floyd fight late night, um, partying, doing his thing in his tight white pants and his pink uh, button up. He's still rocking the goatee. Interesting look for our guy, Brooks. Oh, I did so, see a picture. Um, I did see a picture. Now that I think about it, but I didn't realize it was at the fight. I thought they were just at like some concert. I, I no, they were in Miami. So nice. Yeah. Uh, Needless to say, I don't think his focus is 100% on Congaree this week, and it shouldn't no. be. Um, it's on next week. We know how he works. Correct. So could he show up and be Brooks and accidentally make the cut in top 10 and put himself in a Spieth-type position before the PGA where he won or a Spieth before the Masters where he was, you know, he puts himself into those contention putts that put the sweat on him, and then they like to know, how am I feeling? How's my game? And then they can work on a couple things and then feel confident going into the uh, major. So, hey, Stewie, Stewie's in here. If you're in here, you can chat on the side there. Uh, Stewie's looking into Hatton. Let's move down the board here and let's go. I mean, we kind of covered the most of the 20s here, um, but you do have a couple names in the 30s that, well, no, there's just one now. It's HV3. Do you have any interest in HV3? He's the type of dude just like Fitzpatrick and Fleetwood looking to get over the hump and get a first win. Can you do it? HV3? Yeah. 50 to you one. You think? 50 to oh, one. Wow. Okay. The third, I believe. Um, let me pull up the odds right now. Um, obviously, it's a good week, of course, as it is any week. Yeah, he's still 50 to one to kind of shop your lines around on multiple books because there's books that haven't even posted yet. So this <laughs> thing's all over the place. They're kind of taking a week off. They're asleep at the wheel. 50 to one, Harold Varner. Every part of his game is seemingly trending in a positive direction. Uh, a lot of green when you look through Fantasy National. A lot of things, I think, set up well for him. You're looking for a guy with 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 every bit of motivation to break through and get a victory mm-hmm. on the PGA Tour. That's Harold. I think mm-hmm. that in, in you know, you look at the guys around him, this isn't to say I don't like these guys, but Higo and 
you know, some of these other guys, it's like, could they win? Yes. But have they ever, has he ever, has Higo ever really been in contention on the PGA tour to do so? No, I think that Harold has been there multiple times. Granted he's Mm -hmm. failed, but I think that that experience could lend itself well for him this week. Definitely like Varner have some interesting Kisner as well at 50, although haven't made that bet just yet. Uh, And Keith Mitchell was the other one for me that I kind of had circled it. And I'm going to look a little bit more into uh, what about you, Chad? Well, okay. So HV three has the ability to drive it long and in the middle of the fairway. Does that help the here? I don't think it does necessarily. So I might lean against HV three, but he does have the ties to the, you know, Carolina coasts. So I do like that stuff. Um, you know, Kisner, I'm not really on. I haven't seen enough from him. I, you know, I do like Kazire. He's here. But then I wanted to ask you about Keith Mitchell because Keith Mitchell was basically, what was he, runner-up a couple weeks ago? I mean, and we know Keith Mitchell has the ability to bomb it. That's part of his game. And this course, you say it's going to be dry and firm and fast, but you do – it never hurts to be a bomber. So you have Keith Mitchell at almost 50-1 to 1 at this book – just you know put himself into contention a couple weeks ago you know we've seen people like sam burns and spieth and these guys kind of ramp up and get going and then boom they finally get through i don't know i could see maybe keith mitchell doing a kill a keith absolutely yeah he's one of the uh sea island boys which is down there in south carolina as well uh so some familiarity i think with the region the surfaces it's 100 percent <laughs> bermuda grass all the way through which is obviously his preferred surface Mm-hmm. Uh, third at the Wells Fargo, like you mentioned, where he kind of made a little run at Rory that week. Yeah. Uh, I was very impressed with his approach play. Did not play great at the Charles Schwab, which was his last time out. Did not get an invite to the PGA Championship. I think that there should, there rightfully should be a ton of motivation here to get this win. I'm unsure. Um, you know, obviously one at the Honda, which I think is very different from here, but I just think it could be a good spot for Keith Mitchell, um, given the way that it falls on the schedule, given the way that there's a lot of uncertainty circling around some of these other players. Let's get yourself another win. Let's get you back into some major championships. This is a big week for Keith, and, and I'm gonna, I am gonna think I'm going to take that 50 number. Okay, so I took a name here. I have only bet a couple names because I'm not too confident. And what I am confident in is, is Brant Snedeker at 55 55- he stands out amongst these names. The dude has nine PGA Tour wins. We know Brant Seneca's kids are saying to him, Dad, get that double-digit win on the PGA Tour. That's how you're going to get into the Hall of Fame. Look at your Wikipedia page. It's missing that 10th win. And Brant knows it, wants it. He's been dying to get it. He's been maybe, you know, we saw him have that lull like all of these guys do last year, and they thought he was dead. And then that's why you get the Brand Seneca at 55 to 1. But if you're a fool like me and who loves these narratives about coastal stuff and Wikipedia pages, you've been following Brandt, waiting for him to pick up his 10th win randomly. And I, he's been missing. He's been bad. I've been using him on DraftKings and getting burnt. But then all of a sudden, Something clicked with Snedeker, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, and where I feel confident now. So I'm thinking, we've seen Stuart Sink. We've seen these old dudes pile up some wins here. We've got Brian Gay winning golf tournaments in 2021. So can't Snedeker get this win? And at 55 to 1 against these people, that's a guy you could actually get a good payout from Snedeker. 
Yeah, you can. Um, that's an interesting point you make about getting that tenth victory. So kind of, he's got to be thinking kind of well that. through the through the um, through the Texas swing. There, he had some good mm-hmm. finishes. Obviously, has a good track record out there on the West Coast at Torrey Pines. I'm not sure if he's going to field next week, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, look, I, I, I'm not going to disparage it one bit. If you like Snedeker, it's a big number on him, and he's certainly, if you look at uh, uh, from a career standpoint and victories. He's at a different level than any of these other guys. And Boho right, and Bullitt and CT Pan. I mean, these get guys never won. Uh, and right. Snedeker's going for a win number 10. So could he get it done? Of course he can. Uh, I have some interest, though. Uh, how about is it time to get back on our guy, Doc? I feel like it's trending. The 75 to 1 is a better number than I have right now. But I'm going to keep an eye on that. Three straight mm-hmm. made cuts. Played pretty well mm-hmm. at the Memorial last week. It's really those approach numbers that I've seen, which were always the key to his game and sort of mm-hmm. the barometer in terms of how well he's going to play, they flipped. So three straight events, gaining strokes on approach. 75 to 1 seems like a good number. Played well at the Memorial 42nd, ninth at the Byron Nelson before that. Um, this is sort of should be right in his wheelhouse. Like you said, if you are going to search for a local narrative, you've got the Clemson one. Don't know how much he's played here, but makes his home sort of, I believe, in the Jacksonville area. So it's not far from that either. Um, everything should set up pretty nicely and talk about a guy that that we've been on for upwards of like a year and a half now saying that the win is coming. Is there a better spot than this when you've basically got a Brooks and DJ who, you know, have zero motivation to really be here uh, and the rest of the field is weak. Like it's a great opportunity for him. Uh, if, there's, if I see a 75 to one, I will 100 percent pull that. Do you have his results pulled up on your screen? There? I do, yes. So 9th, so, 59th, 42nd are his last three stars, and he had a 39th at the Valspar right before that as well. Go back to the fall, though, where you're having the massive birdie fests, like which I anticipate this to be coming up. He dominates at birdie fests. Where is his record where he was at these resort yeah, he does. The Bermuda, which was the birdie fest, he finished fourth. The Safeway, which is typically along the birdie fest line, there was a third there. The Wyndham, which is a shorter course, which is a birdie fest, um, that was a third. I don't know necessarily um, if this is going to be a birdie fest. It's pretty long. It's actually the longest part mm-hmm. 71 in the history I'm of sure. the course, yeah. like 7,600 <laughs> yards. Um, I, from what Steven said, it's not going to play nearly that long because you get a ton of run out, but that said, he's just a good player in good form. And if he can put it all together, I think can definitely make a run at the leaderboard. Yeah. I like that. The problem though is Joe, I think it, there may actually be a long shot that wins uh, outside of the right. 66 number because dude, they just get to these events. We all know that it's golf and that everyone's skills are just so close together that there is an added dimension of motivation for these names down here. They know that these are the opportunities that they have. They honestly, I don't know. Remember who was saying it on PGA tour radio at one point where they, I think it probably was Will Haskett. Maybe he even talked to us about this where uh, guys that show up to these events, they need to treat this Palmetto championship as they fucking British open and like, take it on as seriously as humanly possible and treat it like HV3 needs to treat this like he's at Augusta this week. And they, these guys at the bottom, this is their chance to completely change the trajectory of their careers so they, they can do it here. A guy like Vegas or Perez or even Stallings or RCB, they're not interested in doing that. It's the guys like Rinsky 
You got down here Adam Shank. You got Mark Hubbard. You got Matt Neesmith and Norlander. I mean, those are the names of the guys that are going to take this and they're going to treat this differently than a person who may not even know where the hell Carnegie course is and where the hell they are and not care. So Rory Sabatini or do you try to fly around a Norlander or a Sepp Straka? I probably lean towards the guy like Straka who might take this like it's his motivation, like it's his master's versus somebody else. I don't know. Yeah, to be honest, like I'm looking at the guys at mine at 100 to 1. I don't see much separating those guys at 100 to 1 from the guys that are 150 to 1. And above. <laughs> um, so for me, I'm just going to take a couple stabs on some huge numbers. There's some very popular guys making their PGA Tour debut. John Pack, um, hmm. P-A-K, which is probably the most decorated college player since Matt Wolf or Morikawa is making his PGA oh, yeah. debut. He won everything in college. Davis mm-hmm. Thompson uh, is okay. another one who actually we have seen before, I believe, uh, from this area, great local ties, um, and an awesome player as well. I'm not taking either one of those, just kind of wanted to throw those names out there, but I did take three guys. You ready? Okay. Uh, Joe Bramlett. Of course. 151. Got to take Bramlett. The other guy that I thought was kind of interesting, why did I just lose it here? Okay, so Peter Uline is 150 to 1. Uline is awesome around the greens. He's also racked up a number of really good uh, Corn Ferry Tour finishes of late. Um, I think that that should give him some confidence. He's a guy who was supposed to be a young, hot player a couple of years Mm -hmm. ago, kind of faded, had to go back to the Corn Ferry Tour basically stuck the wagon in reverse and now is trying to get it moving back in the right direction. Trending that way, this is a good type of event for him to, to secure a tour card, right, for a couple of years. And then yeah, at, true. At, a, um, at a huge number, 250 to 1, I like a little Chase Seifert. I feel like we've kind of forgot about him a little bit. Okay, um, I'm not sure where he is on your board, but he's another guy who's hungry, looking for that he's victory. Okay. played really, really well through that Florida swing. I think he finished third at the Honda Classic. Um, everything was trending well. We've seen him show up to big events before the Memorial last year and put together some good finishes. So I know that the ability is there. Um, 250 to one just feels like a huge number and, and why not? Right. Like the last time, right before the PGA, we saw KH Lee win. So we know these weeks before the majors is a great opportunity to take a long shot, particularly in a field like this. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. take a couple stabs, throw you a couple bombs on the card and, and see what can happen. I want to ask you about two names. First okay. name, <clears throat> Eric Van Ruyen. Are we, uh, we're going to go with, the got to make good on his on his uh smashing of the marker at the pga and almost <laughs> killing some guy because uh he's here 110 to 1 eric van ruyen i'm not really an evr guy that is a big number on him though um i'm gonna say no for me on van ruyen just just bad vibes right that's got to be um bad karma coming off destroying a t-box and almost <laughs> destroying matt wallace's caddy in the process so. correct and another spectator. Yeah, it was bad news. Uh, what about Ches Reevy? I saw you retweet about how Ches Reevy was minus eleven through the qualifier today, or something. Ches yeah, Reevy's here. The withdrawal in, incoming from Ches Reevy. That would be my one worry because he absolutely slayed the um, Columbus U.S. Open qualifier today, which is the 
the most stout field, I believe, of them all. So uh, we could see him jump right in a plane and go right to Torrey Pines um, just because he's he's now in that event. He played really well at Pebble Beach a couple of years ago in the U.S. Open that Gary Woodland won. So, um, yeah, the, I, I'm, we might see – I have withdrawal worries about Chez. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that. All right, anything else? We got some questions? No, maybe. We got Stewie asking about Luke List. You got any interest in that? You know what, Stewie? I have played some Luke List, so it kind of would be foolish of me to just totally abandon ship in an event like this. Um, you're right. All Now that I think about it, a lot of the points that I made do line up perfectly <laughs> with Luke List. Maybe a situation, Stewie, I know you're on the jock market where we can catch some decent shares of him there, maybe a top 10. Um, but, yeah, I have nothing, nothing ill to say about Luke List this week. Mike Eckert is asking about – Whaley, Vincent Whaley, are we going back to him? Is he going to be uh, popular? I think he was like around seventy one hundred or so on DraftKings. It's a big number, right? You can catch him at eighty or a hundred to one. No, I feel like the popularity outweighs the talent level at this point, especially yeah. given the impact that he had a couple of weeks ago. So, um, you know, you know, I don't like to play, dig too much into chalk on DraftKings and stuff like that, but. But when it's like low seven chalk, then you can kind of veer elsewhere. Oh, what? Okay, so we got a motivation for uh, Brian Gay because Mike says, you know, he forget who, who tweeted about it, but there's a narrative of Coke. Oh, is Luke sorted out? Okay, so yeah. uh, Crack won in the fall and then followed it up with a Cantlay win, who then followed up with a Gay win. So. With that said, we've had a Coke wreck, and then now we have a Cantley. So is it going to be Brian Gay week on Bermuda Brian? Hello, Bermuda Brian. Did he win the Bermuda? I think the Bermuda may have been a Fazio course, too. So um, who knows? Oh, yeah. Maybe we're uh, on to something. Mike, I like that. I like that. Uh, we got to look into that a little more. Yeah, that's an uh, interesting narrative there. I don't know that it, it, there's much uh, you know, really behind it other than just sheer craziness of the PGA Tour, but interesting. Um, now joe okay so we kind of can be done with the betting board for this for this moment we can talk quickly about your guy now your guy brooks he's a bully he's kind of a jerk what do you have to say about brooks's antics and being kind of a jerk to bryson how why is he so mean i don't think he's mean (laughs) bryson's a pussy uh he's being a pussy about it so yeah, he brought it on himself, clearly. Um, you're going to make the tweet and say that you're in his head, yet clearly the fans are getting in your head. I don't think – so here's the thing. I don't think Bryson was asking these people to get escorted out. But if you're going to tell me that a police officer is going to escort me out of a golf tournament for saying, let's go Brooksy to Bryson, like I would have thrown a fit. Uh, I would have made a huge scene. I can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> if anyone can confirm it happened. So Brooks, yeah, he he saw an opportunity. He took advantage of it. He's leaning into this fully. Um, mm-hmm. Rory said he loves it. I think the other tour players love it. Part of me wonders how much of this is, are they both kind of in on this? I don't know. Totally. You think so? Uh, so I think I think- genuine dislike there and i think it started with bryson 
not quite realizing what he was doing and mm -hmm. spouting off and mm -hmm. he caught it on a Twitch mm -hmm. stream and he made a comment about Brooks and you don't make a comment about Brooks like that because he is going to take it personally. Um, then it went back and forth with the trophies and all this stuff. But um, I think Brooks is just at this point, like I know that I've got a mental edge over this guy. So let me sort of lean into it and see where it goes. Yeah. That's it, feels a, it feels a lot like Bryson was kind of like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do this. Let's just, let's have fun. And then it was like, Holy shit. I really, I'm not good at this. And, yeah, terrible. <laughs> and then, and then was like, I don't know if this is what I really truly thought I was signing up for. I think he kind of was like, yeah, man, I'll totally play with you Brooks. And then Brooks was like, Oh sweet. You will. Okay. Then first thing we'll do is I'll release the video of me rolling my eyes at you. And then I think Bryson was like, fine. I don't care. I was, I wasn't even paying attention to you. That's perfectly fine. And then, from there, though, Bryson did take the road of let's battle and then kind of, you know, you get the bull with the horns. Like, sorry, like, Bryson, you fucking idiot. Like, you you kind of asked for it in a way. Now, we have to see it next week. We have to see right? it. Mike Davis, you are leaving the USGA. If you do not make this grouping at the U.S. Open, it's a publicity stunt. Put uh, them together. Vin like, what are they doing here if they're not together? I know, like, I was going back and forth with Jeff for a little bit, and he doesn't want it to become a circus and distract from the national championship and the, the historic uh, nature that is the U.S. Open. I don't think it will. I don't think it gets out of hand. There's going to be one or two jackasses that take it too far, but you have that at every single PGA Tour tournament. Let them meet. Like, this is what sports is all about. Like, you talk shit to me. I talk shit to you. Let's square off in the ring and let's battle. Like stick them together days one and two. Put somebody, put a nice guy with them. Put Phil with them. Put Gary Woodland with them. Uh, and let's just see what happens, right? It'll be great for entertainment. It'll be great for Twitter. Um, we'll have Hot Takes Express, which is, which is only putting more eyes on the game and the popularity of golf. And I'm all about rivalries in sport. I'm all about trash talk uh bring it on yeah it gets to a point where you're like you kind of roll your eyes at some of it because you know they're doing it for impressions and for pip and i don't follow enough on instagram either maybe i need to be on instagram and look at these jenna sims stuff uh for more than just the drama maybe but at the same time uh <clears throat> yeah bryson though like you're you're in a different ball game when you battle with Brooks and uh, there's only so many times that someone like Brandel Chambly is going to come to your defense and call Brooks a bully before it becomes like, you can run away. You can go and walk away and you don't have to fight this fight. And I think that that's probably what will end up happening is that Bryson's just going to concede now, or, he needs to step up his game and his, talk, his shit talking because otherwise we're going to have some, uh, we're going to have just, it's just going to be continuous public sloshing of Bryson because this is just, but there are a lot more people over and over Bryson uh, that are team Bryson than you think. There are a lot of people who think Brooks is a bully. There are a lot of people that don't like his, his sort of frat boys coming <laughs> after him. Um, but look, it's Brooks needs the chip. He needs the chip on True. the shoulder to play his best 
And this is just a tool that he's utilized that yeah. you've seen it with some athletes need it. Some athletes don't. Michael Jordan needed the chip. Kobe Bryant needed the chip. LeBron doesn't really need the chip. He doesn't Do you need, need the chip, chip on his shoulder. What's are that? You a chip, are you a chip player? I'm a Were you a chip guy? So I'm, am I. I'm a big chip guy. I do oh chip God, in yeah. sports. I played my best when I was pissed off and something leading into an event was was extra motivating me that I wanted to outplay someone. You know, I wanted to show someone up. So I needed the chip. Bryson doesn't need it. Brooks does need it. He needed it with Brandle a couple of years ago, and he and he uses that as sort of fuel and gas. Um, he needed it. He tried to do it to, with to Dustin. Uh, Dustin didn't take the bait, but he tried to do that at the PGA. He needs it with Bryson now. He did it with Rory. He needs these fuels. Um, well, this goes back to tank going. It goes back to the sports psychologist that Brooks brought on, I believe, at a time where that's when the Brooks at majors personality became a thing. And uh, I'm pretty sure at one point, like, and it might have been the press conference where he called out DJ, where then it was like, you know, there's you're doing this for yourself. We get it. Yeah. But then you're also yeah. putting DJ down. Like, don't do that so much. So, like, I think Brooks has learned a little bit. And so then when Bryson raises his hand and he's like, I'll, I'll play this game. Brooks is like, hell yes. I got a new person. Here we go. Now, is he a dick? Yeah, but, like, that's the whole point, right? Like, there's the an immaturity point. to it, without a doubt. Uh, yeah. With the DJ thing, with the Rory thing, going back to the Brandle thing, going back to the um, – even, like, some of his tweets pre-Masters were, like, um, you know, sending us down that road of, like, but, but – um, I'm not going to question him. He's won hmm. four majors. He's clearly in the lead. He's clearly one of the most feared guys to play if you're looking mm -hmm. at a major championship. So um, I like the attitudes. It's not for everyone. Yes, he's kind of an asshole. It's like it, somebody said it like it's like, would you rather be an asshole or a douchebag? <laughs> like, Brooks is the asshole. Like we know where Brooks is. He's the asshole. Like so it's just. Everyone's got, their, everyone's got uh, their know, take on it. It's good for the game. Pick a side. Let's go to war. Next dude, you're gonna you ask the Jenna Sims types which type, which kind of guy they'd like to date. Asshole or douchebag? I you know I don't know. Maybe there's so, a reason. There's a reason like, that maybe there's something endearing alarming about Bryson's sort of like nerdiness and you know to some people everyone's different. Um, sure. There's someone for everyone. That's true. Someone married me. <laughs> right? Me too. Speaking, I got lucky. Speaking of that, Joe, I have an announcement to make. Make it. I will be moving at some point. Good thing you're a realtor. Far, far away from here. Did you and lose the house bets? I'm not downgrading, hopefully, but at the <laughs> same time. Um, uh, because, Joe, we're adding to the family. The Eckert family is going from four to five. I have two kids, and I'm going to have a third in October. So there's that. Cheers to you. Everyone Cheers wish Jack congratulations. So um, yes, uh, we know that uh, moving is fun with kids, right? Especially uh, young kids like, you know, moving's a blast moving mm -hmm. with young children <laughs> and a married wife is so much fun. You're going to love pregnant it. Pregnant wife. That adds a whole nother wrinkle into it. So I'll be here for you. Monday's at 830. You need to vent. We need to get something off the chest. We'll drink a beer. We'll talk golf. We'll get through this together. I'll see you next week for the U.S. Open. Appreciate that. I love that.
and I love everybody that's in this chat and I love everybody that's uh, been following along and liking and subscribing and rating and reviewing and helping us keep this thing going and also signing up for the jock market using the promo code PL20. If you have not signed up, the hell are you doing? Do that now. Okay, Joe, for real though, uh, the Palmetto Championship, uh, who cares? We care about major, so it's major week next week, and we will have some content for you. Perhaps we'll have maybe a guest, some interviews, maybe some extra stuff, some selfie videos or fun stuff. But either way, follow Joe on Twitter at Tour Picks, and you can follow me at Edinarilchi. That is us. We're the Preferred Lines Podcast. You can follow us over there. You can look for us on YouTube and subscribe to that. Stewie, thank you for being here and chatting. Mike Eckert. Congrats, Stewie, Love by the way. You, Great too. week, buddy. And, uh, yeah. Love you guys. Let's play some music. Get out of here. Did it work? Oh, I will say it can't be Mike. The name of my next child can't be Mike because my brother already named his kid Mike. So I can't go with Mike Eckert. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> but it is a boy. I do know that. Another golfer. Let's go. Let's go. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for watching. See you guys. <laughs>